0: Good morning. Welcome to our Thanksgiving service. I'm going to let you give thanks for a few for a few. Let's give thanks. Come on. Let's give them thanks. Let's give them thanks. Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. Thank you for uh, coming out on this rainy dreary day, but it is a day that the Lord has made and will rejoice. Amen. And so I rejoice with you. Thank you. I know you could have went anywhere today, but I I believe God has, has you here for a reason. Amen. There's a deposit that's going to be made today in your account. We're in a series titled before and after somebody got happy with that account. Yes. 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 We're in a series before and after we're talking about before and after uh, people in the word before and after people in our lives and uh, I want to talk to you today about faith under pressure. Faith under pressure. Listen, we have been um, experiencing just a time of awakening. Amen. There has been such a time of reaping, a time where the presence of God has been with us and moving and leading and growing us in new ways. And we're seeing it on our Sundays. We're seeing it in all the ministries and the men and the women and the youth. And just the lives and the, the faces and the voices of those who gather here. It's exciting. It's glorious. It's amazing. I, I still get kind of blown away by it, but I want to let you know today it comes with an expectation. The word says to whom much is given, amen. So last week we, if you weren't here last week, you got to catch that message online. Last week we symbolically tore the walls down, amen. Man, if you see that video... Of the men walking around the body again and again, a young man and older men. And it was powerful. And the more I thought about it, the new, I knew I had to go back to that passage of scripture this week. I knew I had to at least read it. I had to know like what God is, what's God doing? What's God showing? And if you're not familiar, that's the battle of Jericho. It's in Joshua chapter six. And so I just want to speak on that a few minutes and we'll move on. Amen. I mean, not that you had a choice, but. So Jericho was the, the the first city in the promised land that God had prepared for his people, right? He had Moses had led them out of Exodus, got him from slavery toward the promised land. That's where they've been heading this whole time. Jericho's the first. Um, city in the promised land that God's going to give them and it's and it's Joshua leading them then and and he's saying I've given it to you I've everything everything's pre- I prepared a place for you this land is yours all you got to do is walk in it and do what I tell you to do tell somebody you got to do what he says to do All you have to do is walk in it. The battle isn't even yours. It's mine. And so he, he told them this. Check this out. I want you to get this picture. He said, send the priests in front of the Ark of the Covenant and march around one time for six days. And on the seventh day, march around seven times. Listen, if you had to fight an enemy, that is a horrible strategy. A bad idea. But if the fight is not yours and you're just there to walk in it and get the blessing, that's an awesome idea. Amen? Let's look at it real quick. The priests symbolize what? Prayer. Because the priests are the ones in that time. They were the only ones that could come before the Lord and intercede and, and make, right? And, and so the priests symbolize prayer. The Ark of the Covenant symbolizes what? Yeah, we're, we're not doing too good. Come on. The Ark of the Covenant symbolizes the presence of God, right? In the Old Testament, wherever the Ark of the Covenant was, the presence of God was there, right? And so the priest symbolized prayer. The Ark of the Covenant is the presence of the Lord. And the marching, the days and the times and how many and how, that that represents obedience. Walking out your faith. Do what i say to do the trumpets and the shots at the end what's that that's pray it is what it is that's praise and worship so so the presence of god follows prayer and our obedience follows the presence of god and we walk it out and whether it makes sense or not whether what no matter what it looks like or what situation what it is we praise god and we worship in it amen And when they did that, supernaturally, the walls came down and they entered in. Here's what I want you to take note of. The presence of God is in between your prayer and your obedience. That's a mic drop right there. The presence of God is in between your prayer and your obedience. Only then does the victory come. Tell somebody that's good, that's good. Eso está bueno. If you don't know the story, there's one more, there's one more thing he said. He said, when you go in, don't take the accursed things, or you will be accursed. And your people will be held back. He's saying, don't hold on when the walls come down, when when you walk in, when you get into where God has you, don't hold on to what's not yours. If you know the story, Aiken takes some stuff. He, he couldn't help it. He sees this Babylonian robes. He wanted to be a Papa He said, man, that is amazing. He grabs it and he, while he's at it, there's shekels of silver and this gold bars, man. So he takes a little bit of everything and he hides it under his tent in the camp. Now, if You're dealing with a God that's tearing down walls, that's seeing the enemy, that's seeing all these things, that's parting water. What makes you think you can hide something under a tent in the camp? And and so what happens? The next battle they fought, they got rocked and lives were lost because someone in the camp took the accursed things. Man, woman of God, let me let you just give you the obvious today. God sees everything. If he told you he's with you, and if he helped you bring down the walls last week, then I just want to encourage you today to trust him with everything and do what he says to do. Don't hold on to anything. Amen? Prayer, presence, obedience, and praise. Why did the walls fall down? Because historically, when God moves, anything that's not foundational gets loose. Things that were built wrong, things that were done sloppy, things that were done for the wrong reason and the wrong purpose or in the wrong motive, they start to come apart. You start to see cracks in the walls all of a sudden. Relationships change, people get funny. Things that were solid get shaky because they weren't built right. Sometimes when God moves in your life, you might not think it's him. Yeah, you're going to stop clapping in a minute because this gets rough. (laughs) But I appreciate it. (laughs) Sometimes when God moves in your life, you might not think it's him. Anybody? Because it might feel like all hell is breaking loose in your life. And it could just be that he's breaking all hell loose from you, but that's not what it feels like. Sometimes it's hard to see that he's for you when he's with you. Wow. That rocked me when I wrote it. I don't write this stuff. This is like a download. Amen. Let me give you a before and after picture. And an example from the scriptures, Lee was sharing about Joseph the other week. She kind of told you the story, and I just, I couldn't get past this. Joseph was favored by God. God gave Joseph all these dreams as a young man. And so he was set apart. He was he was favored. God gave him dreams. And before he could realize anything that even resembles anything from those dreams, his brothers throw him in a pit to kill him. And then somebody feels bad and say, ah, let's take them out. Let's not leave them there to die. Let's take them out. Let's sell them to, in slavery. Thanks. If you have ever been let down by those closest to you, those that were supposed to love you no matter what, you can start to understand that pain. Amen. If you've ever had dreams and visions or you've been given words of the incredible things that God is going to do in your life and all of a sudden you find yourself betrayed and hurt and you find yourself in a pit that you can't escape from and you find yourself separated from everything and everyone that you once loved. If you've ever felt like there's no way something good can happen from this, then maybe you can identify with Joseph. (laughs) If you've been there, just tap the person next to you. To wake up, this is getting good. One of my favorite verses comes from that passage of scripture. We sing about it all the time now because it's a song. Genesis fifty twenty. At this point, Joseph has gone through some of the toughest and longest situation problems in the Bible, probably just short of Job. But after the pit... And after the slavery and after the prison, he gets to the palace. And and Joseph now is the prince of Egypt. He saves his brothers' lives, he saves the Jewish nation. And he says to his brothers, at a time when God has finally and fully turned this thing around, he says to his brothers, What you meant for evil? What you meant to destroy me, what you meant to break me down, what you meant to, to get rid of me, what you meant for evil, God used for my good. Yeah. Joseph told his brothers, he was using a Hebrew verb that traces its meaning back to the word weave. He said, you wove evil, but God rewove it for my good. Yeah. Woo! Jesus Christ the word tells us in the end oh man that's just good right it's good you you wove evil God rewove it for good See, the word tells us in the end, in Revelations, we read that they overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And so it's so important in church, in kingdom, in ministry, that we have a balance of both of these. The blood of the lamb is Jesus, is what he's done, it's the gospel. Jesus is what in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So Jesus is the word. it's We need to know the word, stand on the word, and need to have testimony testimonies of those that have come through and then we need to understand our own testimonies and how we've come through amen some people say well you know i don't have a testimony i wasn't a drug addict i wasn't an alcoholic i wasn't left in a crack house i wasn't and and so we think we don't have testimonies how many of you understand that if you've come through this far I wouldn't trade that testimony for nothing. Amen? If God has kept you, if you didn't become a drug addict, if you didn't become an alcoholic, if you didn't have 16 baby mamas, if you did you understand that if God, then that's a testimony too. Amen? And you can testify about that just as amazing. And just, all right, anyway. So we need to understand the word of our testimony and we need to understand the word. Here's, here's one quote. Here's my opening quote, six pages in. Um, that kind of brings it all together. And, and, and you're going to feel this. It comes with weight. Hardship often prepares an ordinary person for extraordinary destiny. Mm. If you believe that, just give them thanks. Amen. And listen, if you're still waiting for that victory, give them thanks in the waiting. Amen. Give them thanks in the waiting. That's what we're going we're gonna to talk about. Let me, let me tell you this. The, the, the problem in many of our Christian walks is that nobody wants to pose for a before picture. No, Nobody ever wakes up grows up one morning and says, I want to be the person in the before picture. But if we're listening and if we're learning and if we're going to be about this word and if we're going to start to understand that the only way you get to pose for the after picture is by having your before tested. We alluded to this last week. One of the easiest ways to know, those of you that like to shop on the internet and buy everything you see because you believe what they say because there's pictures. <laughs> I might be saving you a whole lot of money today. Four easy payments of $29.99. It's a lot of money. They make it look like it's not, but it's a lot of money. But you believe it. So anyway... We alluded last week, one of the easiest ways to know if those before and after pictures are fake is if there's no time and no effort in the process. Eso está bueno. If there's no time and no effort in the process, there's a good chance those pictures are fake and that product doesn't work. If there wasn't any struggle, if there wasn't any pain, any suffering, then there probably isn't going to be any transformation either. Because in real life, transformation takes work. In real life, transformation takes work. I wasn't going to share this, but I want to share this. One of the beautiful guys, I love, if you've been around me long enough, you know I love animals and I love the way God shows us things through bugs and insects and fish. and, And one of the most incredible transformations is the monarch butterfly. I mean, you know how that rolls. He's an egg. He's a larvae. He's a caterpillar. And then... He wounds himself up into this cocoon, this this uh chrysalis, and in this chrysalis, he's transformed and he comes out this incredible butterfly. He goes in with like eight pairs of legs, comes out. I mean, things change in there, comes out with only three pairs of legs. He goes in to the chrysalis with no um uh 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 okay, those are obvious. With no <laughs> with no uh, uh, reproductive organs and he comes out with reproductive organs he goes into the chrysalis only being able to crawl and he comes out of the chrysalis able to fly that's transformation transformation is a process amen and, and so I just want to talk about that a little bit, about having your faith under pressure, because that's something that the church has done a real poor job at explaining. The phrase, no pain, no gain, is not just a gym expression, it's a spiritual expression as well. And we need to get that, amen? Everybody, the church, church is telling everybody, man, you come to church and you're gonna live your best life now. You'll be rich, you'll be prosperous, you name it and claim it. You'll have planes and cars and finances and blessings. But and blessings will chase you all day, all the time. Every time someone taps on the shoulder, it's a blessing. And people believe that. And then, and then you come to church and, and you get a flat tire on the way and, and you find out you have, you have a sickness and you find out your, your kid did something crazy and you, and you say, this is a lie. This whole thing is a lie. Because we haven't taught that faith requires testing. Let's, let, let's, let's get into it. Say amen if you already understand that. Most of the good that you've gained is a result of the pain and transformation that you've come through. And I, and I want to unpack that as best as I can because God has given us so much on this in his word. And unfortunately, you know, people make that kind of query. Let's, let's crack open the book of James. I know nobody carries Bibles anymore, but crack it open on your, on your, uh, on your iPad. I'm just gonna bite off a little piece today. How many of you gone ahead and, and read through the book of James? Woo! Come on, see that's transformation right there. We're just gonna do a, a, a real piece, a real quick piece right here. James in James one one, he just gives a greeting and 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 it's. And, it's a great greeting because he says, it's me, James. I'm a bond servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. If, if you do a little history, you find out that this was James the Just. There's a lot of James in the, in, in the Bible. And, and there's a lot. We could get confused who it was. Most scholars believe this was James. I'm um, Jesus' brother who didn't even believe, it tells us in John, until after the resurrection. So he didn't even believe, he didn't even follow Jesus till after the resurrection. But here he is writing Book of James. He could have said, it's me, James. I am el hermano of the man. Right? I am the man who's the brother to the man. Right? He could have used the title. He says, I'm a bond servant because Jesus wasn't his brother. Jesus was his Lord. And that's what he's trying to say. Okay. So, 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 so the man is serious. Amen. He's had a transformation. He's lost a couple sets of legs. He's not running anymore from God. James 1, 2, he says this. Here's where it gets hard. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So the theme and the purpose of the book is stated right at the beginning, James 1 4, that ye may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So, so Christian, stop asking what's God's will for my life? I don't know what God's will for my life. I don't know what God wants me to do. I don't know what he wants in me. He wants you to be perfect and complete. Mature, not lacking in anything. Amen? Revelation? That's what God wants. And so, how does He go about it? That's one of the verses. And this, this is one of these verses that you're gonna, you're gonna, it, it benefits hearing it in different translations. Right? Why do we have different translations? Which is the best one? Which one should I be reading? I like to read a bunch of them. Some translations, so you understand, are translated word for word. Some are tra- translated thought for thought. Some are just paraphrase. And so it's good to, to have a full, it's, it's, it's good. You, there's problems with this one. There's problems with that one. There is. It's good. But you know, the best thing to read it with is the Spirit of God. Amen? And so you read it with the Spirit of God and you, and, and, and let, let, let the, the, the translations paint a full picture. It's a beautiful way to, to read the, and study the word. Okay. So let's read this again in the NLT, the New Living Translation. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. That's good. So let it grow when your endurance is fully developed. You'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. NIV. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance let perseverance finish its work in you so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. So, so far we have steadfastness, we have endurance, and we have perseverance. (coughs) King James, let's go old school. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh, Patience. But let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So now we have steadfastness, and that's a tough one, endurance, perseverance, and patience. Message Bible, that's a paraphrase Bible. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, When tests and challenges come at you from all sides. Because you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and it shows its true colors. So don't get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so that you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. Whoa, just by reading it in other verses, now we have a full, a better understanding. We have steadfastness. It it produces endurance. It produces perseverance. It produces patience. It produces maturity. It it produces a strength well-developed, not deficient in any way. What does that mean? A strength that's not weak in any way. So the word that all these translations are interpreting and using different characteristics is an ancient Greek word called hupomone. I'm not Greek and I'm not pretending. I read it a million times to try to get it right. Hupomone. It comes from the word hupo meaning under and meno meaning to stay, to remain. So at its root, it means to remain under. It has the picture of someone under a heavy load choosing to stay there instead of trying to escape. It's a picture of faith under pressure. I was going to bring like a squat rack and go through all that, but that just getting myself ready to be on YouTube for the wrong reasons. How many of you feel that way when tests and troubles come, come your way and you count it all joy? <laughs> I know our first reaction when a heavy load is placed on us, when something comes at us that we didn't expect, that we weren't ready for, that we don't think we can deal with right now, the first reaction is to get out from under that thing any way we can. Anybody going to be honest and say, yeah. When the heavy stuff come, I try to get out the way. When the when the pressure comes, when the thing that I didn't think I was ready to deal with comes, I try to get out from under it. That's our first, that's our natural inclination. That's the flesh. The flesh says, this is heavy, get out. It's time to move. Get out from under this. This thing will kill you. Anybody ever felt that way? The word is clearly telling us though, count it joy. Chalk it up as joy. See it as an opportunity for great joy. The message says, consider it a gift when your faith is put under pressure because that's the only way we can build hupomone patience, steadfastness, endurance, perseverance, and maturity. That's the only way we can become developed, not deficient in any way. Listen, if we really got a hold of what the word is saying here, it'll change the way we look at this and possibly the way we look at every trial and tribulation that'll come at us from this day forward because how many of you know they will? Okay, Jesus said, Jesus loved us. He tried to make things as simple as... He's not not hard like the Old Testament. He tried to make things as simple. He knew he was dealing with simple people. Back then, not us. And and so he, he tried to make it as... He said, listen, in this world, you will have trouble. But fear not, I've overcome this world. Amen? Greater is he that is in you Oh, come on. There's a bunch of those. We, we like those verses. Amen. Who pomone is not a passive waiting either. Uh, uh, it's not that, oh, I can't wait for this thing to be over. I can't wait for this season to pass. I can't wait for things to change. We listen, things can't change until we change. Right? And so if you, if the load gets put on you here and you slid out from under it, guess what's going to happen over here? Again, a different way. And you slide out from it under here. You think you're strong. You think you're getting stronger because you're avoiding. In essence, you're getting weaker. Because now you'll avoid, you're, you're not, and, and, and you could be, you, you could, we, could, we could reach out to God and we could cry out and we could quote all the other scriptures except this one. And, 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 and God could be saying, sometimes God says to us, I'm the one who brought this. And that's hard. Amen? That's hard. I'm the one who brought this. You say, nah, you ain't preaching scripture. Yeah, yeah, I am. What happened to Paul? Paul said, to prevent me from being conceited, he gave me a thorn in my flesh. Let me make it worse. A messenger from Satan. Come on, man. God is using messengers from Satan to keep me from being... God is using the enemy... Is that not rocking your theology a little bit right now? But you said what the enemy meant for evil. You rewove it for my, my good, amen? So sometimes God will tell us, I'm the one that brought that because I want to put your faith under pressure so that you can be complete so that you can be perfect, so that you can be mature and well-developed, not lacking or deficient in any way. I'm doing something in you. Stop trying to get out of it. The more times you get out from under it, the weaker you'll be. And I'm trying to bring you strength. I'm building strength and character and active endurance and perseverance in you so that you would remain under and get the prize see there's a goal in this amen it's not just to hurt us it's not just to break us it's not there's a goal in this why test your faith could it be (coughs) faith is the thing that god tests in us because everything that comes against us in this world comes against our faith That's the thing that's tested. That's the thing that has to be made strong. That's the thing that's needed. That's what's checked all the time. It's not your gifts. It's not your abilities. It's not your talents. All those come into play, but it's your faith that's tested. And the word says without faith, it's impossible to please God. And if you remember in Ephesians, God said, I've chosen you to present you pure, spotless blameless before me so if god's purpose is to present us pure spotless blameless perfect before him there's a process that has to take place wow so i i want you to understand so that you know you can remain under how you can live your faith under pressure then the next verse says if you need wisdom ask It's a beautiful thing. If you need wisdom, ask. Here's the problem with that. Sometimes we wait till we're in the test to ask. How many of you understand if you've ever been to class one time, the teacher is usually silent during the test? The rest of the semester, he's been teaching. Giving you wisdom. You've had opportunity to ask and say, I don't understand this. Teach me this. i lovingly, that's my job, that's what I do. God says, just ask me, I'll give it to you. Just ask me for wisdom, I'll give you wisdom. Just let me teach you. This. There's a whole season, let me teach you. Learn from me. Draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. But we wait for the test to say, God, I don't know the answers to this. Jesus, uh, James exhorts us to count it all joy, to consider it a gift. We need to see the good side of the bad things that happen to us sometimes. Oh, yeah, this is, this is hard to say amen to. I, I get it. I don't, I'm not going to take it personally. But we gain the ability to trust God. This is the beauty, beautiful part. We gain the ability to trust God through trials when our faith is under pressure. Like a runner gains endurance by suffering another mile. Like a bodybuilder gains strength by lifting a heavier load. Each experience gives us a deeper, stronger level of trust for God. Who can testify to that? Come on. Right? Each Each experience, when we gain gain this experience, this experience is strength. So that the next thing that comes, there's something in us. There's a strength in us that doesn't automatically want to just get out of that thing. There's something in us that say, wait, if you got me through that other thing... (laughs) I can get through this too. I didn't think I was strong enough for this thing, but the last three little things prepared me for this big thing. And now I think that I, can, that I can trust you in this. I think that I can let go of everything else and stay under and have my faith under pressure, and I can, in your strength, remain under this heavy load. Listen, sometimes I get overwhelmed at the stupidest things. Anybody? Can I just be honest? Sometimes, man, the stupidest thing will happen and you blow a gasket. You get overwhelmed. You're like, oh my God, how am I going to get through this? Like, you know, the uh, cable bill charged me $4. It went up. Like, really, bro? That's what's stressing your life out right now? That cable went up $4? Cut it. (laughs) Like really? That's what's stressing you out that there's a new iPhone that's $1,100 and you need it? So sometimes I get overwhelmed by the stupidest things and I need to stop and take a look back at everything and every time that God has brought me through. And then I remember how strong I am in God. Then I remember, it's like, look at, you know, if you, so this is going to sound weird, but you know, you, you could be doing curls, you know, for a, a long time with like the little, with the girly weights, right? And and you don't see nothing happening, you know, because you're lifting the pink weights and you know, you know, you don't see nothing happening, you're lifting them and lifting them. But then, you know what, one time then you, you pass by the bathroom and all of a sudden you catch a glimpse. You catch, right? And this happens in the spirit. You catch a glimpse. You say, wait, wait. Them little wastes is doing something. Something's changing in me. Something's happening in me. Amen? And, and so this happens in the spirit. You, you, you fall and you, you, something comes through or something happens. something, And you, you catch a glimpse in the mirror and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. That would have sent me running. To, I need like hey, six elders to pray for me at the front. Now I just understand that I stand in you, God, that you're with me, that if you call me to it, you're going to call me through it. I'm different now. I'm stronger. My arms are bigger now. My chest is wider now. My shoulders are stronger. Amen? And then, and then you, you realize how, when you realize how faithful he is, you realize that you can remain under, knowing that he got me through last time. James goes on to tell us in verse 12, anyone who meets this testing challenge head on, manages to stick it out, is mighty fortunate for such people loyally in love with God, the reward is life and more life. Amen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop right there because I want you to, I have something, I have a special treat today. I want something, I want you to hear an amazing story. I got a before and after. I gave you Joseph. I gave you some in the scripture. I'm going to give you a living before and after. Somebody you may know, somebody you may not know yet, but you're going to know. Amen. Chanel, uh, would you kind of make your way up here? And let me just say, I want I to thank, thank all of you. For sending me your before and after stories and your before and after pictures, keep them coming. Hold on to that and sh- shake your nerves for a minute. This is not easy, you, you understand that, right? Some people it comes natural, some people just they're homos, they like to be in front of people. For most people, it's difficult. So I want you kind of prayers to just kind of pray her through right now and, 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 and because there's, there's life, there's life that I want you to get right here. So thank, thank you guys for all those that you've been sending them. Keep them coming. Send them to pastor at sanctuaryfellowship.org. This testimony was prepared before I even started this message. They had already arranged to have it done during worship this Sunday. So this was before. This is a before and after before the before and after series. You, you understand? So that's how you know that God is setting things up and that God is with it. So I want you to please... Um put your hearts together and welcome Chanel.
1: Hi everybody. <laughs> so I had this um this long paragraph written in my notes for the past week and I've been going over and going over it and um, for so that it could be perfect so that when I come up here, I'm not stuttering or I'm not, like, mixing up the story. Um, but deep down in my heart, I knew that God was going to do whatever he wanted to do. Like, you're going to say what I want you to say. You're not going to say what you're prepared for. So whatever comes out right now is not me. It's God talking. So I'm going to play him first. Um, <laughs> I um, I've been walking the walk since I was 12, um, with my family and we were a family of six. And, um, by the time I was 17, we were already hurt by the church. We had a ministry. My parents were youth pastors. I was part of the, my ministry. Um, it was, it was the best. It was filling. It was, I I felt like we finally had our purpose. We were finally doing what we were created to do. Um, but by the time I was like 17, 18, The church pushed us out. Um, They didn't want us anymore, and it hurt. Um, They were our family. It's all I knew. Um, And it's where, like, my relationship with God grew. So, like, now what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to maintain this relationship? How are my parents going to maintain this relationship? And my parents had already decided we're not going to church ever again. Um, We don't want to. We just don't want to go back. We can maintain our relationship with God at home, within each other. I knew that was impossible. I knew that um, this meant that my family was the destruction of my family. So I went out, and um, I started visiting churches, desperate. Like, I got to find another home. I got to find another home. And I would come back, and I would tell my parents, hey, this church seems okay. Like, let's give it a shot. And no, no, no. So that was when I was, like, 18. By the time I was 21, I was over it. I was like, I'm not going to try anymore. Like, God I've been trying like your m i a forget about it like like I don't care anymore, so I was twenty one and I was interested in other things, so I started partying and I found my identity and other things, and um I found temporary satisfaction and temporary happiness and um it, it it was okay, like I was satisfied with it, and um I started doing things that I would have never done that was i know <sighs> i would have i would have never done, and I'm ashamed and I'm embarrassed for those things but um because of the things I'm here now so um <sighs> By the time, I'm 26 now. So from the ages of 21 to 24, I was a party animal. And um, I finally hit this point where, like, I hated my job. I hated myself. My family was falling apart. I hated being home. I My relationship with my sister was trash. I couldn't stand her. Like, I would tell her to her face, I hate you. Um, it was bad. Like, it was really bad. And um, I hated my job. It, it, was, it was overwhelming. I knew... This was the beginning of God like psst, psst, like you ready for me now? Like I'm 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 here. You ready? So um it was fall of 2017 where I was like, "All right, God, like do you um before the new year, um do it." Like work. And it was more like arrogantly telling him like, "All right, like let's see what you do. Like let's see what you want now." Um and I got fired the next month. <laughs> so I was like, "Word." <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 the breakthrough that you like, you know? Um the month after that, I get a positive pregnancy test from a guy that I wasn't planning on being with it, with another date with. Um when I was 8, I was told that I wouldn't ever have kids. Um it was impossible for me to bear a child. So this was a miracle, but at the wrong time. So I'm like, you're playing with me. Like I can't have this kid. Like now you're telling me I have to abort this kid and get in a deeper hole with you, because I can't I can't have this baby. I don't want to be with this guy for the rest of my life. I'm not ready for a kid. Um, but I knew that I felt in my soul that it's the breakdown before the buildup. Like we're gonna we're gonna work our way there. It's not gonna happen overnight. And um the attacks came. They came. The baby's father harassed me for weeks, for months to abort the baby. And I knew, all right, this is the smartest thing to do. But my soul was not, was not letting me. My soul was not letting me. So my son is right there. Um, <laughs> I knew that keeping this baby was a test of faith. It was an act of faith. It was me stepping out of the boat, like Peter did, and just looking at God, whether the storms are going, whether the waves were going to go above my head, um, I had to just keep looking and keep focusing, and I did, and the attacks didn't stop, they kept coming, um, I was depressed the entire nine months, I had no connection with my baby, I had no love for him, I still didn't want him, um... Um, until the day that I held him in my arms and I looked at him and I felt back in love with God. Like I, I felt his presence. I felt like, okay, this, this is going to be okay. Um, and I had peace for five days. It felt like everything was going to be okay. And then five days later, my son just wasn't waking up. Um, he was basically unconscious, and I took him to the emergency room, and the doctors was like, you know, like, hold your baby. Um, he's about to take his last breaths. Like, he's going. And I was so mad I got. <laughs> like, why would you do this to me? Like, why would you give me this beautiful, this, this miracle, and then take it away from me? Like, I've been doing what you want me to do. <laughs> um, and I turned the lights off to the room that he was admitted, and I got on my knees, and, like, Pastor Gary said, on um, one of these Sundays, the um, Holy Spirit transforms, translates your cries and your moans and your sighs into prayers. So I got on my knees and I cried and I cried and I didn't have any words for him because I was so mad at him. But I needed him to just receive something. Um, three days later, my son was. The doctors had no idea. Oh, the the results came back positive this, or negative this time. Like he's fine. It was a mistake. It was a glitch in the in the labs or God's hand. Um, I have my son finally home and now postpartum hits and every second of my life is my son is going to die. My son is going to die. Something's going to happen to him. He's not breathing. Um, And I was living like that for a while and then two months later, um, I get this really aggressive knock on my door and I'm getting court papers. And now my son's father wants to take my son away from me. (laughs) So it just doesn't end. And now in my heart, like, my son is going to die. Somebody wants to take my son away from me. So this past year has been (sighs) overwhelming and intense, but I never stopped. Walking on the water and I never stopped looking at God. Like this is not for me. This is this is for my son. This is this is God is building me for my son. God is building me for someone else. This is my, my testimony. I'm going through this because somebody's gonna go through this worse. And they need to hear that if I'm going through it and I made it, they're gonna be able to they're gonna be able to overcome it. And I kept focusing on that. And this last year, this last year I've had Court dates, I've had scary doctor's appointments, Um, and the week before I was invited to TSF, I had a court date um, that was going to determine whether or not I was going to have custody or he was going to have custody, and I had just gotten um, diagnosed with cancer. And um, when I left that doctor's room, that doctor's office, I finally got it. And I had always told, but like, after my parents said, we're never going back to church, in my mind, I'm never going back to church either. And when they told me that, I felt God saying, you have to come back home. You have to come back, not to just spiritually, but you have to come to a physical home. You need people that are going to help you do this. You need people that are going to pray for you. You need people that are going to help guide you and your son. And two days later, three days later, my friend Joshua invites me to his baptism at TSF. And I was like, let's go. (laughs) Like, I'm ready. And I invited my dad because I didn't want to bring the baby by myself. And I wasn't sure, like, how the setup was going to be. And he said, yeah. And and I didn't know. But he was originally invited to two churches um, that same day. And one of the churches, he was, he was here, and we didn't know that someone here. It was my my other best friend, Sasha, my son's godmother, had been coming to this church, and she invited him. And we just, we just didn't know, we didn't have, we didn't have the, the the lines connected yet. Um, I I touch base here, and I'm looking at my dad like, this is it, this is it, like for sure, this is it. And I can't, I can't tell, like I can't read him, and I'm like, come on, God, like please move, please do something. And he gets up, and he starts taking everything out of his pockets, and he gives me his hat, and he was like, I'm going to get baptized. And I was like, okay. We've came to every Sunday, every service we can make it since baptism. Um, The following day, I signed my son up to dedicate him here. Um, And just fast forward, I have full custody of my son. i um I saw a specialist and they redid the labs, and I don't have cancer <laughs> and my entire family takes up like three rows of t s f because <laughs> and, um, and if if I went through all of this, and I feel like a different person after not only stepping into TSF, but stepping into my faith. Um, Step into your faith and and let God do what he has to do because he's just crazy.
0: If the ushers could help me, those that are helping me, come forward. How else else can we end the service but just giving them thanks? Amen? Giving them thanks. Go ahead, Josh. You guys, ushers could come forward. I have no more words. (laughs) I'm done.
2: Can we all stand? Yeah. That was awesome. I had this old song came to my head. I'm not singing it, but although I was singing on Friday karaoke, here, but it goes, give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because he has given Jesus Christ his son. And now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. Give thanks. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he broke bread and said, this is my body that has been broken for you. As you take it, you do it in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup. This is the new covenant in my blood. Drink it in remembrance of me. Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. It says, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am, let the poor say, I'm rich. What Christ did for you, who do you say you are now? When we remember, we don't remember, we shouldn't remember all the bad things we did and all the stuff they went through. It'd just be, we could use it as a testimony. But what Jesus did on the cross for us, for his body being broken, for his blood being shed, who do you say you are now? I can look back at things in my life and say when I was broken, the mistakes I made and I look at what Jesus did for me. I said, I'm no longer that stupid person. I'm no longer that. I'm a strong man. I'm a man of God. I'm a person that loves people, want to see people grow. As you take these ele- uh, emblems, right? Emblems, elements, elements, like elements, <laughs> elementals. As you take this bread in remembrance of Jesus, that he he was broken on the cross for you. I want you to remember the good things God done for you. I don't want you to look at the bad things anymore. What are you grateful for? What can you say thank you, God, for? That testimony was awesome. That testimony showed that a person that was broken and wanted to give up on God, but God never gave up on them. He had a plan. Not just for her and her family, for all of them and for all the people that, that heard that testimony and for all the people that are always going to hear that testimony. Who do you say you are today because of what Jesus has done for you? I don't know what you guys want to sing, but can we sing that? Because I want to sing it, but I can't sing. So, Give thanks. Remember that song, right? Huh? So as we, I, I just want you to take that, you can take the bread right now, the cracker. You're remembering the brokenness of God, what He did for you. Because of that brokenness, you, 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 as in a broken person, could come to Jesus and find freedom, find wholeness, can be complete in Him. As you drink that juice, in representation of the blood of Jesus Christ that He shed for you, you wash clean. You're not the same person you used to be in Christ. When you come to Christ, you're a different person. You're not that shame. You're not that um, dysfunction. You're not that problem that people saw you as or you saw yourself as. Bible says all things are made new. You are made new in Jesus Christ. So when we take this, we're remembering what Jesus did on the cross for us. That you're no longer that person anymore. You're a new person in Christ Jesus. I want you to take that as you take that and drink that. I want you to remember I am no longer what I used to be. I am a new person. And I go through the trials and stuff like that to develop this new person. I'll leave you with this. I watched this Star Wars show. You know, everything Star Wars with me, right? I watched this show called The Mandalorian. And every time he did a job and went through a trial and was shooting people, all the stuff he had to do, he got a medal, some metal for him. And the metal was used. You would think that he used it for, for, to sell it, but he would use it for armor. And he, put it, he got all this metal. He ended up putting all this armor on him. It looks all, nice and shiny. Every situation you go through, every trial you go through, every broken situation, everything that seems difficult is a new armor being put upon you. A new strength, a new skill so you can look like the way Jesus sees you as right now. You may not see yourself as that right now, but Jesus sees you as a complete package. He sees you redeemed and all brand new. So every trial that comes, every situation that comes builds us up to the point where we can God, so we can see ourselves in the way God sees us. Complete and full, amen?